You're listening to In My Network with Yelit. Super excited to be joined by Sunil Kumar today, a sales leader who evolved into a CEO. Sunil now runs Trainio, an organization focused on making roles in the tech sector accessible to people from all walks of life. I'm so happy and honored to have you here today. I've heard great things about Trainio and about yourself. So thank you for joining me. And how are you today? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. I'm, I'm really honored to be here. I appreciate the invite. Yale. Um, thank you very much. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. Well, I'm glad that you're happy to be here too, but I'm definitely happy to be here. And I just want to go ahead and jump right into it. So tell us a little bit about you. Who are you? Who is Sunil Kumar? When you think of yourself, what do you think of? <laughs> um, this, that's a, an interesting question. Um, I am someone who uh, has had a lot of different life experiences that I guess have formed me like most people to this point. Um, I'd say at this point, I have a mission, which is um, to help a lot of people like myself, like my co-founder, who necessarily weren't given a fair opportunity um, to be successful in, in tech um, and, and, and just give them the opportunity, enable them, give them the path, the resources, the training required. Um, yeah, sorry, I guess that's a bit of a corporate answer, but that's what yeah. drives me. That, that was a pretty corporate America answer. So <laughs> I want to know more about you, though. Who are you? What do you like to do? What, what, what would your mom say about you or your dad say about you or people close to you say about you? Um, they would say I, uh, I'm, a, I'm always thinking. I don't switch off. Um, I live probably 100 years in the future. Um, sometimes that's not too good for the present. Um, but I'd say I'm a caring person and, um, I live through people, right? I, I, I can't live alone. Um, I'm very sociable. Um, and I have a lot of friends that mean a lot to me. I love that. I love that. So getting into kind of your first, um, answer there about your sales career. So obviously I had a look and I know that you have quite an extensive sales career. How did that start? Where did it go? What happened there? Yeah, so I started in sales when I, I basically I have ADHD and dyslexia. So school just wasn't for me. Um, I was told I was stupid. Um, I didn't graduate high school. Um, I didn't graduate sixth form. They still let me onto it, which is like the bit before college in England and, and obviously couldn't go to college or university. Uh, so I took an apprenticeship and an apprenticeship in the UK at least the one I experienced was slave labor. It was £7,000 a year, full-time job. Um, and it wasn't that interesting. I was managing an office space. It was business administration apprenticeship. But fortunately, there was a lot of foot traffic that would come through the office space looking for new offices. And I was like, okay, well, no, there's no salesperson. There's no one to talk to other than me. Let me chat to you. Let me take you around and show you an office. Let's negotiate on the price. And by the end of that first year, I'd sold five offices and I hadn't been told to. It was just, I was bored, right? Um, and I thought, well, maybe that's what I should do. Maybe I should be a salesperson. Um, I mean, before that, I had a, a, a business importing and breeding snakes from Canada. I started when I was 15. It went very well for a little bit and then not so well. I took a, an investment on for my cousin. So I'd already sort of started to think of myself as a business professional, think of myself as a salesperson, at least potentially, right? So 
the next step after that was recruitment because recruitment is low hanging fruit for a lot of wannabe salespeople. And um, I, I got into a, a FTSE 250, so a large corporate recruiter, met my co-founder Omar, who was a very experienced senior consultant. I was young, dumb 19 year old, didn't really know anything, didn't really have much of a worth ethic either, right? So um, I think the main things I learned there were how to graft, how to work hard, how to pick up a phone, how to engage people with some technique rather than just energy and, and, and just trying to sort of shoot in the wind. Um, but we had a really humbling year. Uh, it was Brexit, um, just starting to appear that year. And um, we were recruiting manufacturing in the UK, me and Omar. And all the manufacturing at that point was moving out of the UK. So really tough year. Omar said, hey, have you spotted a sector called SaaS? It's like, what's that? It was like, well, it's technology salespeople. They get paid this much. I was like, wow, that's, that's a lot of money. And he said, also, getting fired a lot and, and, and moving on a lot. It's a very turbulent sector. So we went and recruited AEs and sales directors. I was doing MarTech. He was doing cyber. Um, and six months in, both of us again looked at each other and went, we could probably do this. You know, we could probably be SDRs. This looks like a great role. And they earn a lot more money than we do. Predominantly, that was our driver, right, uh, at the time. And uh, we tried to break into the sector by cold call. Um, we tried to break into the sector by applying to the recruiters in the space, by applying on LinkedIn, on websites, and absolute crickets. Both of us got a ton of rejection emails or often just nothing at all. So what we encountered was significant hiring biases coming from poor areas, not looking like a typical SaaS salesperson, not having degrees, just didn't work in our favor. So what do we do? We cold call sales directors and we would send videos to sales directors, right? We downloaded Vidyard and, and, we, and we started sending video prospects and that was successful instantly. And, and both of us landed roles straight away and, and became globally top form in it, globally top form in SDRs at two separate orgs. Um, from then till now, I've been an SDR, I failed as an AE, an SDR manager, um, an SDR consultant, building startup teams two at a time, and uh, recently founded Trainio. Hmm. And, and kind of diving deeper into that with Omar, what do you think it was that really allowed you both to kind of click so well that you went through this journey together? Because if I understand correctly, it was almost like a, a manager to you, a leader to you. Uh, when you joined and there was just that connection there why was that yeah omar i was in an office where i was the youngest person in the office by a significant amount right and i probably didn't have the social etiquette that most people did at that point so i was marmite i could rub people the wrong way or the right way and and, and it was very much 50 50. omar was someone who just saw well he's got good intentions he's trying to work hard he's just trying to make some friends Mm -hmm. I think he's sort of been that guy before and, and just took me under his wing. He's a very generous, loving person, right? So we, we really hit it off. Um, I, I looked up to him and, um, and he supported me. I owe a lot to that guy, for sure. Wow, that's, that's powerful. And it's always wonderful to hear those stories where you have that awesome person who just kind of believes in you and supports you and you just flourish kind of together. So going into Trainio, I understood why you made the switch and, but what actually happened? Like, what did it look like the creation of Trainio? Was it just like, oh my gosh, we should do this? Or was it a whole plan in the making? What, what did it actually look like? So it was very intentional, quite honestly. Um, 
in 2019, I've been in SDR for three months from January to March, and I met my friend called Marco Cerna. Um, Marco Cerna was the globally top performing SDR optimizely. Um, I was the same in EMEA. He was globally a killer, the best. Um, and he came through SB Academy. Um, SB Academy are a boot camp in the US that are worth uh, multi-millions of dollars, hundreds of million dollars by this point. They just raised a $30 million Series B quite recently. Um, and, and he had paid them $10,000 to train him and place him optimizely. And that's what they did. And I was like, well, that's a cool model, right? Training people on the SDR role before they start. That makes sense. Um, what I didn't like was charging candidates. I thought that was criminal, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, I did think, well, there's boot camps in America. And they, at the time, they, they were all concentrated in San Fran, sort of Silicon Valley area. It's like, well, that's where all the SDR candidates are globally anyway. Surely there's more need for these types of boot camps in EMEA, in APAC, in areas where there isn't such a rich source of talent. Mm-hmm. And I planted a seed and I thought, well, that's something for later. And I actually called Omar and said, hey, what do you think about this? And at the time, he could be crazy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said, no, I'll never work. And um, I just carried on telling him about it, thinking about it for, for, for like over a year, year and a half. And um, it got to the point where when I failed as an AE, I took two months out. I suffered with depression. I ended up in hospital with Crohn's disease. Um, It was the middle of COVID. And I put a post on LinkedIn saying, because after that, after I got my bearings together, I was like, okay, now I know what I want to do. I want to be an SDR leader. So I'm just going to go and cold call and, and, and get myself that role. And I did, right? In a week, I landed myself the role. And I, and I saw this rhetoric on LinkedIn about it being the worst time to get hired or hiring freeze recession, right? Middle of March 2020, start of the pandemic, start of COVID. Um, and I thought, well, that's not necessarily true. People just need to iterate on their approach and do something different, stand out. And I know how to do that. So if I put it out there, maybe I can help some people. So I put a post on LinkedIn. That post got a lot of interest. I got 20 messages overnight. First time I posted on LinkedIn, I just started to help people, right? So that year, I placed 16 people in their first SDR role for free. A lot of people offered me money, but I was like, no, I've got a job. And you don't have a job right now. I just want to help, right? So um, I I really enjoyed that, quite honestly. And Marco saw what I was doing um, from from the the guy who's from SV Academy, now a top form in SDR. Well, he's actually a opter at the time. Um, And he was running a podcast that SVA sponsored called Sales Life. And he said, hey, come on this podcast and tell your story. It's brilliant for our audience. They're all trying to get SDR ups. Got two and a half thousand followers. So, okay. Went on the podcast and told my story. It became their top featured episode. The podcast has had Scott Lee on it, Keenan, but the power of being able to get a job was a very appealing subject, right? So it did very well. And I got a lot of messages from SV Academy because all of their cohort watched that podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sponsored by them. And they were like, hey, we've, paid this amount of money to SV Academy, but we haven't been placed. Um, out of the March cohort, there were 27 people. Three of them got jobs. And two out of the three that got jobs were the ones that approached me and I coached and placed myself. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, that's criminal. That really is. Like, I, I, Someone needs to do something about this. And at the time, I was working for a small reg tech, going from a unicorn like Optimizely to a, a small reg tech that was 20 people and looking to double headcount, double revenue, you know, hyper growth time. Um, 
and, and I took what I knew to them and I did a lot of value to what they did. I built out their SDR team and the CRO there was a consultant. So he was working across four other companies and spending one day a week there. And after working with him for three months, he went, Sono, I love what you do. Um, I love how you've built the team here. I've worked with a lot of SDR leaders. Why don't you work with me and take equity in my business, RevSalerate, the consultancy, um, and we can go and build SDR teams together. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, so, so that's what I did. I turned in my permanent notice. I started as a contractor. Me and him built two SDR teams together over the course of three months. But this passion for building a boot camp was burning in me, right? And I was like, well, now I've sort of got the team. I've actually got the network and I've got the confidence to know I can run my own business. Because um, that's what I was doing with Phil. I was partnered. We have two separate businesses. Mm -hmm. And I said to Phil, hey, do you want to be my CEO? I'll be your co-founder. Help me build my business. It's, it's going to be massive. And he was like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, and I told Marcos and Marcos and me and Phil were going to get together. We were going to rival SVA. Um, and what happened was I won a services implementation contract with Outreach on behalf of Accelerate. Outreach don't ha didn't have any implementation partners in EMEA at the time. Mm -hmm. um, no, sorry, in the UK, they had two in EMEA. And we, and we were the first in the UK. And that contract was worth $1.6 million in the first year. And before I joined Phil, it was just Phil. So the revenue of the business was about a third of that. So Phil was like, well, we can't build a whole boot camp now. We've got to prioritize the contract you've just won. That is a business. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, fine. And he offered me equity in his business. So I, 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 I took it. Um, but then what happened was I got approached by a boot camp in Stealth in the UK. So apparently there was already a, a boot camp that had been doing it for... 12 months already, placed 80 people. And I, and, and I got approached by their board director who was working at Splunk at the time. He was very senior at Splunk. And he connected me to the CEO. CEO met me and he said, do you want to join as my co-founder and COO? It was like, I'm not a religious person, but it was like a, it was like a sign, right? I was like, well, I've just said, I'm not going to do this. And then I get approached and the message is, you would be perfect co-founder to build a boot camp that's in stuff. I was like, that's too coincidental. So I took it. Turns out the founder was a liar. He was a fraud. Um, the company was called Salescalator, and uh, he had never run any previous cohorts. There was no money in the bank. He had no knowledge of how to do it. And I ended up building a team around him with a guy called Sam Griffard, who's amazing, who built out our initial curriculum. Um, and Sam and I looked at each other and went, well, all this guy is doing is giving us a lot of trouble. He, he, he's just saying, he's just tearing apart the strategy we come up with that actually works wants to manage everything. Both of us had a very small percentage of equity in his business. What actually ended up happening was I signed partnership deals with Cognizom, brought on John Isla as a, as a advisor. Um, I brought on a, uh, Alistair Henderson, who was from Airbnb, who went from Optimizely to Airbnb. Um, uh, amazing enterprise sales leader as I found an advisor. A real, real amazing team, clients, partners. And all of them said to me, hey, son, you're running the business. But you're not getting paid to run the business. You, 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 don't, you don't own the business. And, and, and the owner, the, the CEO, isn't credible. And he's probably going to mess everything you're building up. So if you want to leave, we'll go with you. And that's what I did. And I called Omar. I was like, Omar. And I begged him for two weeks. I said, hey, you need to do this with me. You are the guy to do this with me. I, there's no one else I want to do it with. And um, eventually he came around to it. I was literally on my hands and knees on the phone saying, Omar, I'm on my knees. I'm begging you. 
And he's and the next day he said okay. And and without Omar, I couldn't have done it. Um, he is the execution to this. I'm a wild thinker. I can have brilliant ideas. I I can do all right leading a team. I can't execute operations, finance, the organization, making sure the things that we come up with actually happen. So, um, yeah, the two of us together are, are pretty powerful and we've built something that I think is honestly um, amazing. Sorry if that's a, a really long answer. Yeah. No, that was great. First of all, it was fascinating. I think that you should like, I don't know, they should do a, a documentary on Netflix <laughs> about your story or something. But but specifically now, like with Trainio, so you have all these sales enablement courses. I mean, I've taken like five of them too and paid out the ass for them. Don't even ask me about that. But why specifically like people that are kind of coming from rougher backgrounds or struggling? Because my, my kind of question is too, is where where exactly is the business model here? Like, are the companies paying you when you place these people? Yeah. I know that, you know, obviously you're doing this because there's a deeper meaning for you um, and it's important for you, but it is business too. So we, we are an insanely profitable company in a trillion dollar market. And I aim to be a unicorn five to 10 years. Um, but I want to do the right thing. We, mm -hmm. we don't want to do that at the cost of people, right? Mm -hmm. um, the way we monetize is by charging the businesses. Um, in four months, we are at 55K a month revenue. I'm about to do a 150K retained deal which is a whole new revenue stream, which I can't really talk about because it's, it's competitive, but um, you'll see some very cool things from us soon. Um, the truth is we expect to be, uh, realistically, by the end of this year, we'll be at least a 300K monthly revenue. Um, yeah. And uh, we've already hit a $4 million valuation in our first five months of trading. So um, this is a real business. It's a real profitable, investable business. Um, but it can still do the right thing, right? There's a saying called good is the new cool. I firmly believe that. I believe businesses in the past have been built entirely the wrong way. And we have to unlearn a lot of that. We have to unlearn mm -hmm. how we think about profitability and how we profit. Um, mm -hmm. So that's my personal belief. And and in finding uh, the type of people that you're really out to help with Trainio. So I find like a lot of people I know that aren't really working in the tech sector. They have no idea what LinkedIn is. They have no idea what SaaS is kind of where both of us were, you know, years yeah. ago. Um, so how are you actually finding those people that you want to help? Because I feel like a lot of them don't even know that they need help. They don't even know that there's something like this out there. It's exactly that, right? So we have multiple strategies counter that i'll just start off with what we're doing now and then i'll move into the future state mm -hmm. so right now we're focusing on underserved sectors and we're using job boards to go and target those people so for example hospitality was probably the hardest hit sector from covid it was rinsed right and there's a lot of talent there a lot of hungry talent and specifically bilingual speakers mm -hmm. there's a ton of bilingual speakers in hospitality german french everything um, and what you call a German, an English speaking candidate, you call them a unicorn in the SDR world, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, they can go for anything they want. They can write their own ticket. Mm -hmm. um, we're finding loads of people like that in the sectors that no one is looking. Um, we're finding really hungry talent and we're bringing them to our program. And the amazing thing is once you do this once and you change someone's life, they are evangelized. They become, they tell everyone, they tell all their friends, all their family. And that is a hugely powerful thing that network effects we're, we're getting more and more candidates from the friends and family that we've placed um and, and, and the thing is they are quality because they understand what 
they what, what's going to happen. They understand the process and know what to expect. But they're also realistically on minimum wage. Some of them are young parents working multiple jobs. Don't have a lot. <laughs> so it, 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 it's, it's, it's a really good thing. And the future state is we're trying to develop um, mine and Omar's personal brand. So I just met with a personal brand manager who um, used to manage Stephen Bartlett's personal brand. Um, and uh, we, we, we're looking to build our brands on the B2C so we can spread that awareness and spread our mission. We're also looking to partner with influencers. So I just mentioned Stephen Bartlett. Um, I'm due to be meeting with him in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I posted on LinkedIn um, as part of a guerrilla marketing effort to get his attention about how we're trying to feed a thousand families this year by placing a thousand people. And he commented saying, I love it. And he DM'd me his details and he said, send me all the info. I want to chat about it with you. So um, that, that was one effort. We've got tons more stuff, tons more of that to do. We're also in the middle of potentially signing TikTok as a client. Um, and then if we sign TikTok, if we can sign Facebook, Meta, if we can sign Twitter, um, Google, these brands that people know, right? Because we already work with amazing clients like Vidyard, like Okta, like Zscaler. But if we can sign the brands that B2C know, then we can create some very powerful marketing that uh, is organic and free. Mm -hmm. That makes total sense. And, and what happens like, okay, so you have this cohort of people that come in and they go through uh, the course um, the curriculum and whatnot, and then they get placed into, they get sent out to interviews, let's say. What happens if they decide to drop off before that point or they get into a role and they, it can be very overwhelming. I mean, me, myself, I've yeah. been in multiple roles and still when I join a role, I'm like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? So what happens if they decide to just kind of drop off? It happens, right? It's inevitable. That will happen in everything in, in, in any kind of business like that, there will always be a percentage. And it's about the percentages being what, what, what we're looking for. So the way our program works is we will typically have to interview four people to find one for the program because a lot of people will just see tech and they'll be like, wow, cool. And when you talk about tech sales, it's different, right? Not everyone wants to sell and, and that's fine. So we have a conversation with them. We see what they've learned about us beforehand. We do ask and we say, hey, before you meet with us, please check out the website please come with one thing you've learned about us. If they don't do that, it's an instant no, right? It's a very simple task. Um, mm. After that, we go, okay, well, here are some resources on how to write a cold email. Here is how to present yourself on a video. And we give them some really credible resources like Josh Braun, like um, Bilal um, Baltrari. I, I can't, mm. I, I'm really bad with names, but um, amazing. Bilal is enough. Uh, it says it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so... So we send them those resources and we say, come back to us with some work. And, what, and we don't expect them to get it right. We just want them to see what they've done and, and see some effort. And then the third final stage is, okay, here's some feedback based off your work. Try and implement some of it. And all we need to see is a little bit. We don't need to see 100% change, 10%, 30%. In that range, we just need to see that what we're saying is being understood and they're trying to understand it. And at that point, that's enough to get on the boot camp. Mm -hmm. Now, everyone who gets on the boot camp, 70% of them make it through. 30% don't. And half of them just go, hey, I can't handle this. It wasn't for me. Half of that 30%, right? 15%. Um, and that's more than fair. We, we go, fair enough. Appreciate you trying. Sorry, you couldn't help. Mm -hmm. um, the other 15%, we won't graduate. We'll say, hey, you're not attending classes or you're just not getting it or you don't have the right attitude, you know that. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that is a shame. 
Um, but there's also a, a, a small percentage of that 30% that aren't Yeah. 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 So, so there's also a percentage of candidates that have the right attitude, um, but just need some, but just aren't ready to graduate by the time the course is finished. And some of them will come back on for a second time. And we've had two of them come back on for a second time and absolutely smash it. Um, but then there's also others that still are really hungry for a role, but we're not 100% they're going to smash it. And, and for us, that's, it's very important that we deliver our client, that, that we have a, we deliver absolute quality to our clients. So what we say to them is, hey, we'll still help you. We'll still give you the training, but we can't place you as a graduate. We can't charge a fee for you. Um, so we might end up placing you for free. And, and, and we, when we have that conversation with the client, we explain where we feel the gaps are. We explain where the coaching is necessary. And we say, hey, if you want to take them on, that's fine. But it doesn't come with a training guarantee. That's why we're not charging. This is a freebie. We're just trying to connect the dots and help people. Mm -hmm. um, there's plenty of revenue in the business anyway. So mm -hmm. um, that's the way we think about it. And, and in regards to age groups or females, males, is there like a specific something that you see more of or is it just a mix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So we don't see uh, an age, we see a giant age range. So we've placed an 18 year old to 45 year old who is an ex-professor with a PhD, ex-university professional. And then we've got a kid who didn't even go to university, right? So um, we, we, we help anyone who has the ability and, 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 and potential. Right. So um, what we struggle with is we don't have enough women on, 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 on the cohort, quite honestly. And that isn't for lack of trying. At the moment, the recruitment team are hiring um, are all going to be female because we feel like that representation is important um, because we, we, we're just not seeing enough of it. Right. We're being very intentional about it. But for whatever reason, it's hard. It really mm -hmm. is. And. The, what we're thinking to do more about that is partner more with communities. So we've been trying to partner with women in tech for a while now. We, we sort of did partner with them, but there was no movement from their side. So we're trying to look for other groups like Sisters in SAS, which um, one of our advisors, Hannah, is quite involved with. Um, and, and I do expect to solve that problem in the next three to six months. Mm -hmm. um, it just requires some more thought, thought and attention. And it's certainly yeah. not for lack of trying. No, I think that makes sense, though. You know, it's something that when you kind of read also about men and women, like men, most of them naturally have this kind of confidence, you know, even if they know that they're going to be Don't shit at something, they can be like, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, I can do that. Yeah. And then yeah. you have these amazing women that are like, no, I can't do anything. Like, I should just stay at home all day and, and not do anything. And it's like, like, I know so many women, friends of mine, my own sister that I'm like, you need to find an SDR role. Like you're killing yourself. You have kids at home. You're struggling every day. Like you need to just find a role in tech and you could be so good at it. Like you're assertive and you're smart. And they're just like, no, no, me, I can't do that. Who, who am I? I don't know anything. It's like, oh gosh, like just, just be like a man for just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's right. And I think a big part of it is, is representation. So what we're really trying to do is make sure the stories of, women who have been on our cohort and been hugely successful because pretty much every woman we've had on our cohort bar one has been successful so if you look at the data you're outperforming men quite clearly we just need to get more awareness and and, and be more visible and and, and 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 make it work in that way so people like annika and um, people like halia people like fatima uh, are some fantastic sdrs we've placed 
It's about telling their stories and having and how they've been successful. I love that. I love that. I think it's so important, so powerful. And into the thing about a community, once, uh, you know, your people that join your uh, join train, you'll go ahead and get placed into roles. Is there a community from Trainio that they're able to kind of just stay in? Trainio is a community in the sense that they really do form a community. They build their own WhatsApp groups and we encourage it. We, you know, we, we want that. We want them to become really tight friends as a network and go on and support each other as they go. Um, we are in the middle of, again, this is competitive, but I, I don't mind building in the open. We'll be starting our own community in H2 of this year. Um, and, and we expect that to rival every community that exists um, for some key reasons that I'm not going to put out there right now. Um, but yes, it's definitely on the roadmap. Makes sense. The inclusivity is already a, a huge part of it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So a question here too, I, I think I know the answer to this, but what what really motivates you to keep going? Because there there is the thing about helping people, of course, because possibly you were in that position once where you didn't really have anyone to believe in you or help you or train you. But is there anything deeper than that that really motivates you with this to like keep pushing? Maybe, maybe this is really silly, but it's the truth. Um, I, I was a, a kid growing up. I was a bit of a weird kid, but and I always dreamed of being a military hero, right? That, that was my dream. I wanted to just save a bunch of people. I didn't know much more than that, right? Um, and I, that's never going to happen, right? I, I have some massive health issues that pretty much stopped me from that becoming a reality, right? Even if it would ever be. Um, and I guess my... The mission hasn't changed. It's just different. Uh, that's a massive contradiction, but it makes sense in my head, right? Uh, what I want to do is just have a massive impact on this world and help as many people as I can. And also be an example to, I believe that I really have a problem with the way that capitalism is represented. I'm a firm capitalist. I believe in capitalism. I just think that the representation of capitalism is completely wrong. There's not enough good capitalists in the world. And I feel like, um, our generation is, is sort of looking at that and challenging it. And, and I, I do hope I can be a big part of that. Yeah. Cool. And, and in regards to like an end goal, when you see yourself old one day, what do you kind of want to see? What, what is your vision for that time of your life? Um, I would like to have Trainio be, uh, yeah, a unicorn, decacorn, floaty company, all, all of the above. Um, and, and I want to tear down universities. I want to rebuild them. I want to turn education into a free, useful, up-to-date, actionable resource. That makes sense. I'm, I'm all for that. I, I see people on a daily basis in roles like this with a university degree, even a master's degree. And I'm just like, what? Or people not getting accepted. I recently saw, actually made a post about it too, a job uh, for an SDR role. And it said, university degree must 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 in caps and i was like why the fuck is that a must like what exactly is that university degree going to allow this person to do in the role how is that going to make them any better but that, that's a conversation i just believe it's a waste of time in general and i don't knock it i don't discriminate against it i think it's the way society works but i mean i desired to go to uni but i'm so glad that they wouldn't let me in because it would have been a complete waste of my time yeah, yeah. I, I also had the same wishes, but ended up having a baby at 18. So I guess things oh, just wow. happened. That's another yeah. story. 
Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's another one. Now I'm on number two. So need to come down with that. But um, this is a question I like to ask too, which is actually from uh, Rebecca Drew, our, our lovely lady. If I could grant you one wish, what would it be? Grant me one wish. Um, I, 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 I would love to create massive awareness this year on B2C. We've done really well on B2B in terms of creating a huge demand for the mission and, and, and helping people. But now we need to spread that awareness so we can actually help those people. Mm -hmm. We need to help thousands. And they all need to hear it. They need to hear the message. They need to know it's genuine and real. Um, and we're, 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 we're doing a lot, of, uh, a lot of work behind the scenes to make that happen. And what can people do to, to support you? Train you, yourself? Uh, what, what can everyone do to kind of allow that to happen? So we've done all this without spending any money. And the way we've done it is by creating powerful brands on LinkedIn mm -hmm. at the moment. We'll be diversifying to other networks as well. But at the moment, we're just on LinkedIn um, and support our content. Click the ban on my LinkedIn. Click the ban on Annika's LinkedIn, on Liam, on Jordan, on Omar, on Eric James. We're all putting out this content. We all care. We all share the same mission. And, and, and if you resonate with that, you should engage with it. You should like it. You should comment it. You should share it with people because ultimately that's how we help. That's how we change lives. And it's free to do that. You can do that for free. Support. Always want to support. No, I'm lucky enough to, to be in an awesome role, but I definitely have a few people that after this conversation, I'm going to be sending your information to and, and passing this along because I think that it could be super helpful and I want to see them in a great position like, like I'm in and like so many other people have had the opportunity to, to join um, so just kind of wrapping this up, I want people to be able to follow along with your journey, follow along with Trainio. So would LinkedIn be the best place to do that, you said? LinkedIn is absolutely the best place. Um, I just had a meeting with, um, like I said, a personal brand manager that's going to be setting up our Instagram, our TikTok. Um, and, and that will be personal brands for myself, Omar, also a, a Trainio page. Um, so they'll be so just look out for us, right? We'll, we'll, we'll be cross pollinating platforms. So you'll see our TikToks on LinkedIn, you'll see our Instagrams on LinkedIn, and vice versa. So um, yeah, watch Real us. We'll be there. The more the merrier. Well, Sunil, thank you so much for joining me. This was awesome. I love chatting with you. Very excited to share this with the rest of my LinkedIn community and my uh, my network. And I, I hope that many people listen to this and realize that this is possible for everyone. And there's people out there like you that are making this possible. And all they need to do is kind of take the, the leap of faith and just jump and, and give it a try. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. And I'm also really proud and pleased to be partnering with Vidyard. What an amazing company. A shout out to Rebecca Drew. Um, yeah, what an amazing sales leader. Our yeah. queen. I hope soon enough I'm gonna be I'm gonna be training some of the people in your cohort. Really? I'm so excited for that. Well, that that's my <laughs> I've expressed as an interest. So uh, definitely need to discuss that further. But I, I would love that. I'm very interested in getting involved. That would be amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Sunil.